0: All right, sup, sports fans, and welcome back to another episode of Low Expectations, the Gruder Golf Podcast. Tonight, we have founder and CEO of 4A Golf, Megan Lamoth, joining us, longtime friend. Uh, Megan is truly a force of nature. She's one of the most interesting people that we know and also makes the coolest clothes in golf. So Megan, welcome to Low Expectations.
1: Thank you so much. You said like five things. One of them is true. You are a force of nature and I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it. You make the coolest closing
0: golf. I know you agree with that. That's what it
1: is. That's what
0: it is. And that's why we love you for the confidence. Um, all right. So even though this podcast will be airing after the U S women's open, we're recording on Wednesday night on the eve of the event. And we've been really hyped up. For the past week, really, my blood has just been pumping about this event. Um, so we want to kick things off by asking you if there's anybody you're particularly excited to watch or who you're going to be checking out this week. Who you got?
1: Well, we have like three three of our sponsor players in the event. So you guys did that amazing pool. And obviously, it's really hard because you're just like, who do I vote for? Um, and so like Bronte Law, Annie Park, um, and Sarah Schnell are all playing in the US Open, which is amazing. And they're all like 4 a crew and then one of our really really good friends who is a um she's she's a u.s women's mid-am champ Ina kim shod last time um she is competing as well and i just spoke to her before i talked to you guys um i'm really excited for her i told her no offense to all our lpga players but i told her i would fly down there and break someone's legs if they needed me to Um, that's only because Tanya harding style (laughs) yeah and not enough people get that reference thank you so much jen (laughs) Yes. I will add another fashion icon. She is a fashion icon. Thank you. Um, you can't really put that away. Those bangs once they're in your brain, they're just, they're burned in there. But yeah, so they're all competing. I'm really excited for them. I, I know I hope everybody kicks. If there was a four way tie possibility, that's what I'm really rooting for, to be honest.
0: I know. It was tough. It, it does feel like you're voting for somebody when you're making your pool picks, which is kind yeah. of wild. And we have been just getting active on the um, no laying up message boards. And they have a setup where they say like, who will win, who won't win, and who will miss the cut. And then who will be the high, you know, the best amateur or something. And I had so much trouble. Like, I felt like I was cursing somebody by saying that they're going to miss the cut or they're not going to win.
1: Well, like, you can't put that out there. Like you guys, you know, with the crystals and stuff, like just... Don't put no, it out yeah, there. Yeah. You want it's it's almost like um, you want everybody to win. I don't know if Ina Kim ever told you the story of her mid am trophy, but another time she's a really good person for you guys to talk to. But the Ooh. women's mid am trophy has, spoiler alert, a very auspicious history.
2: Oh, that that's there.
0: a teaser that is, if I've ever heard one.
2: Very very exciting. Listeners, stay one. tuned. Mm-hmm. Quite the teaser. Um so outside of the girls that you sponsor, we would love to hear your take on golf fashion today and kind of what we're seeing on the tour, what the other players will be wearing this week. We'd just love your hot take on uh and what you think of it all. Oh boy, that's a good one. Loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you really think.
1: I think it's a really interesting, listen, I think it's a really interesting season. Um, some of the, my favorite players to watch are some of the players that are actually competing from overseas. Cause I think they have really exciting um, brands and some clothing ideas that I haven't seen. Um, one of the Japanese players is sponsored by beams, which is one of the most influential and most interesting um, golf stores in Japan. So every time like I go to Japan, which is not frequently enough, probably like once a year, but obviously not COVID year. Um, that's kind of where I go and it's my North star for what I think is, is cool and interesting and and different ideas. So that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm really excited to see is like stuff that has maybe a different reference point or, um, different fits, different style lines. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, women's golf fashion is really, 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 really tricky. And clearly I'm partial to what we do at foray. So, you know, I love Jess Corda and I love Nellie Corda, but I'm not really looking at Adidas right now. I mean, obviously Bronte and, and Annie and Sarah are going to like tear it up. So look because they look so good. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, they look so good. You know, that you're
0: preaching the choir anyway, though. I think that yeah, one of the, yeah. one of the major differences obviously is like, they're not golfing to wear the clothes, right? They're golfing to actually play the game. Whereas, you know, um, People more in our contingent the clothes are really important to us um because the game is not always there so that's kind of i think it's a different definitely like a different perspective but that that makes a lot of sense
1: she's a she's a dangerous i mean it's a really listen it's a really hard game people always say to me like oh you know are my golf clothes if i buy them from you going to make me play better and i always say kind of yeah (laughs) Um, and not, and not because like there's some sort of magic powder that's going to make you fly and make birdies, but really honestly, well, I mean, I don't know yet (laughs) we're we're working on sourcing that, but the reality is, I think, I think when you feel like yourself and I think when you feel comfortable, you you play better. I think, um, anytime you put on a, you know, I don't think about being in like a play and you're being a kid and you're like wearing a 1950s dress, you don't, you do not feel, you feel like you're in a costume, you feel like a character. And so that's, I think what our goal is here is to try to always make you feel like a version of yourself, but maybe a version of yourself that's appropriate for the golf course. Um, and so self-expression is one of those things. that's always really, really important. And that's the thing that we always kind of is our North star. Um, and that we have to sort of, and sometimes battle against like, what do we really like versus like what's appropriate on the golf course. So leggings is one of those hot button items, but, we did fit a great pair of uh, joggers today. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I'll send you guys Ooh. a little sneak peek later. Yeah, that's exciting. Very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we
3: were we were actually talking about this earlier. We were going to bring it up later, but sort of the way that, you know, when you're doing something that really tests the limits of your self confidence, like golf, um, for us, like you really need something that you almost feel like bulletproof in. Like you're just like no one can fuck with me. Like regardless mm-hmm. of how. Mm-hmm that i look like um i feel good in it so yeah we we feel you there um there's nothing there's nothing more crushing than golf right and there's no nothing
1: more crushing than when you hit an amazing shot and you're like i am a god and i'm gonna like i'm gonna be five under oh my god and then your next shot is just like in the woods like gone that's
0: (laughs) why i I get really nervous when i'm doing well you know exactly that's when that's when i'm the most nervous that like Especially like if you absolutely bomb it off the tee, like, you know, that second shot has a very high probability of ruining your day.
1: Mm -hmm. That's why I really believe in like Luigi, like player B is like the guy that's my guy. Not only is like Luigi, Luigi, first of all, better color matching the green and the blue better, (laughs) right? You don't want the contrast of like the red and the navy like that's not good. So Luigi, he's like long, he's lean. He's like the Bella Hadid of the Mario brothers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's so Just true. That you you want to be Luigi. <laughs> That's funny. I always
1: spoiler, I play as Wario because I like the all black.
2: Oh. Okay, but he has all no
1: War- control. War- 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 no, I play as Waluigi. Sorry, Waluigi. Okay. The, the <laughs> Luigi. yes.
0: I was going to say Wario is like the worst because he just skids all over the place and like you can't get anything done.
1: But he's like Him and Peach, bully.
0: no control. Yeah, Peach is not in <laughs> control.
1: We got to get that rainbow road up in here anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, So I think that part of the reason that we, you know, feel so kind of intertwined with the with 4A is um, that we only started playing back in 2016. And that was pretty right around the time that you guys were coming online as well. Um, And I remember, you know, when we were first kind of like getting into golf Instagram and trying to figure out, you know, who's who, what's what and like, what we like um your clothes were the only ones that we liked um and it was it was really like a beacon of hope though because it was like well here's someone doing something cool and here's stuff that we are like obsessed with and i remember on our first um you know the holiday season um we released not a gift guide but a wish list so the things that we wanted for for christmas didn't get i don't think any of them but
3: (laughs) the garden collection was
1: on there was not received it was a lot of
0: like jokes. It was a lot of jokes. Eventually, I did get the Hampton Garden, so it worked out. But um, we we put four A on there. We used to like tag you. I thought that people maybe like didn't see tags, like so we would tag Golf Digest, would tag you guys, would tag like Michelle, we you know Michelle, we we would tag literally so many people, and then it's actually um, I shudder to think now of like did people think that we like had an issue did people think that there was something really really wrong with I us
1: i think i now that you know everybody i don't think anybody ever thought you had an issue i think we all came up at the same time i think we all had like a collective like reasoning like collective consciousness of like okay now is the time i don't know what it is i think it's just this like weird I don't know this movement that we all kind of happened at at once. And like, I credit like Hallie, your former guest, Hallie Ledbetter, amazing person. I credit her a lot with our success um, because she's always was the conduit to us, to the rest of the golf world. And, and she's been incredibly generous, you know, with, you know, her network people and, and just, you know, being really uh, kind about, you know, the stuff that we do, you guys too, I know for sure. I think, uh, it's funny, yeah. We we definitely did come up at the same time, and and I don't think anybody ever thought that you guys were weird. I think we were just really excited to have like a bunch of really interesting girls. I remember actually when Hallie was telling me about like, oh yeah, we're gonna go to this Cruder Golf Candy Corn Classic, and like Lexi, Lexi Toth, um, shout out, shout out, Lexi Toth, woo, uh, one of our Florammo employees, but now sadly left us and lives in Atlanta. We'll let that go. It's fine. <laughs> i love atlanta though she can't know, escape we'll be there it's okay she she's got you know what lexi has like such a beautiful buttery like swing i can't even handle myself but anyway so i remember them going to the candy corn classic and and meeting you guys like for the first time I'm like yeah i think we're gonna like hang out with these gritty girls i don't know what they're about and then like you guys are like all best friends
0: mm-hmm. um i know it's so funny to look back it's a pretty small world and it's full of just like real live people you know which is mm-hmm. which is comforting um but we do want to ask you though you know you're uh, I'm kind of this like cosmic shift this cosmic force that kind of brought us all you know into golf and together but what was the driving force for you um to you know
1: start for i think i mean okay so businessy for any like i think any entrepreneur you know who's actually gonna go do something i think they're ha- they're always their first client it's always like the first need right and so um a lot of people will start doing this, but not everybody kind of approaches it maybe the same way. But I think for me, it was standing in the gap dressing room, trying to figure out what to wear on my first round of golf ever. You know, uh, at the time I was going to go play, I think Beth page read, And I was like, Oh my God, what do I wear? Like, I think I need khakis. And so I I literally still have the photos of myself in the dressing room. I think I need khakis. I think I need khakis. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. So I like, I bought, I think I bought like, I bought two different colors of khakis. One of them was like a coral. One of them was a tan and actually I think I also bought the green, but anyway, they were they their gap. They weren't, I think there was a deal gaps known for khakis <laughs> anyway, famous. Uh, and then I bought a. And then I think I bought a, a polo shirt, but the problem was when I played the polo shirt was like too short. I have my measurements. I'm very long in the torso. It's just my journey. It's cool. So I'm really long with the torso. And so I would swing and I was really in good shape then before I was a mother and my stomach hung out, which was fine, I guess, but still not ideal. Um, And so, you know, I was doing that at the same time that not just playing golf, but like at the same time that I was at Victoria's Secret and I literally had sat in the meeting with the merchants and the designers at the athleisure, I call it the athleisure revolution when the merchants from Ohio and the designers from New York city we're trying to like talk to each other about the collection. And the designers from New York City were like, hey, listen, we think printed leggings are going to be a big deal. And the merchants in Ohio are like, get out of here. No one's ever going to wear printed leggings. Get out. Nobody wants that. Like, People don't want to draw attention to their legs. And the-, <laughs> <laughs> the designers in New York are like, no, seriously, Like, we really think this is a big idea. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to buy black leggings, and then we're going to buy solid pink. And we'll do one small test. We'll do one small test of a printed legging. Test came out. And it was this huge, oh my God, like we need printed leggings and we need a million of them. How fast can we get into them? So I kind of came up in my career during that whole time and seeing all the time and attention that was happening in athleisure and bras and tops and sportswear and whatever in my career, and then coming to the golf world and walking into a pro shop at a Muni, which I love municipal courses. I almost exclusively play them, believe it or not. Um, I really do. I'm we believe crazy. you. I do. <laughs> My home course is Moshloo in the Bronx and they just found a dead body. Not on the golf what? course. They did. They found a How's dead body. How's that for
0: street cred?
1: Yeah. It, it was not, let me be clear. This, uh, it's really sad. The person passed away, not inside the golf course, outside the golf course, but mm. if, within the confines. you might want to edit that out. I'm just saying.
2: Okay. It's fine. I'm, I'm putting a timestamp down right now. So we know when to go back and, and
1: keep you it. You can check. <laughs> this might be fine. It's God bless. I don't want anybody to die, definitely not for golf. Anyway. Is this where we segue into like crime, a crime podcast? (laughs) This is the crime podcast and about current events. And I don't want to talk about any of those. But but anyway, what was he talking about? Oh, hold on. Okay, public golf courses, municipal um um, baseball, golf fashion, pro pro shops. And you walk into a pro shop, you walk into a, a pro shop at like any normal golf course and it was just garbage. And I don't understand because we would pay so much time and attention in my job to like the simplest thing, like being an eighth of an inch off of something. And because because what we did for a living is we built bras, and bras are engineering. They just are. If you rotate something one way, or you put a strap at a different like one eighth of an inch off, it's a totally different thing. Anyway, I digress. So all of that was happening kind of at the same time, and then. I also became a mother. And then once I had my daughter, I was like, you know, looking at her and she's looking at me and I'm like, wow, I can't believe this thing is mine. I'm in big trouble in a few years. Uh, You know, I really want her to look at me and, and look at me not necessarily as a role model, but I think kids learn from the things that you do and the things that you show them. And so I wanted her to look at me and say like, okay, well, I want to go out and be a powerful person. I want to make a difference. I want to feel like I can make a change. And then I have a voice or at least I can be heard. And so I said, you know, this corporate career that I have, I can, I can keep going or I can just say, you know, let's just take this knowledge, this body of knowledge. Cause I just felt like a sponge for the time that I was here, just learning as much as I could. Um, and apply it to, 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 this area that really, really needs it. I remember the first PGA show that I went to in 2016 and we walked around and I'm walking around and I'm looking at all the other vendors and we had booked that you guys went to, right. And we booked the first day and we're like, okay, we're going to book two days. We're going to do the PGA show. We're going to walk and look, everything. We're going to make sure that like we are doing the golf thing. Right. And we're like, wow, oh, we're really right about this. Like there's nobody even close, huh? And we're like, no, there's there's really nobody close. And I remember taking a photo of one of these booths of the pants and the booths. And I was like, those are the worst Capris I've ever seen in my life. And by the way, <laughs> I haven't owned Capris since I bought things from Abercrombie in 1998. So it's been a while. Okay, we can do this. Um, And that was it. It was just like, you have to be a little naive you have to be a little stupid and you have to really be a little bit like, uh, I don't know, uh, like kind of a decision bias where you're like, I'm going to succeed where other people have failed. And then you just have to be willing to work harder than everybody else. Yeah. Um, but here we are, here we are. we we know we're, we're in Thank like, we're in, lots of, we're in lots of clubs now. I'm really, really proud. I'm really pl- proud that we work with you guys. I'm really proud that we, um, have players in the LPGA tour. They are amazing. wear test participants because like if they can like put stuff through the paces then like for real like an average consumer can throw it in their washing machine like we're good
0: no exactly and i mean that's the stuff that's why you know that's why we trust 4 a um a because of the commitment to detail you know that we've heard you talk about um before and by the way everybody um megan has a super super interesting like entrepreneur story that she has said on every podcast on so what was one you were on most recently i listened to it it was really good
1: that's so nice. Um, hold on. Yeah, I was really good too. The most, the most recent podcast I was on was Her Next Play. Look
0: her up and give that a listen. I think that we heard you on Kira, then Kazansta's podcast, you know, years ago. And we we're like, we got to meet this lady. So really fascinating story where she talks all about her um, history at Victoria's Secret and her job as Boston. One thing that I think is super interesting about you also is that um, you majored in math, art, and philosophy at Colgate. Hmm. And then got your MBA from NYU. And I feel like you just are a really well-rounded person who gleans inspiration from just every corner of the universe and then some, um, hello chicken sandwiches. So can you talk a little bit about, (laughs) can you talk a little bit about, you know, your inspiration, where you get it and then how you kind of integrate it into Jorge's products, um, I remember specifically actually sitting on the floor of Ray's room with you in the Hamptons and Hallie was reading Ray a bedtime story and you like handed, I think me and Kiki your phone. You're like, this is a, this is a skirt that I'm getting from Etsy vintage. I'm going to cut it up and I'm going to copy the pattern and use that um, in the next line. And I think, did that become Jolly Rancher or what did that, did that become anything? I was like, wow, she's really like, this was at like nine o'clock at night. (laughs) <laughs> or whenever Ray goes to bed, so probably seven o'clock at night. <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt late I, to me. It was dark.
3: It was a we were
1: going out. Anybody listening from Ray's school, I do not put the child to bed at nine o'clock at night. Okay. Her bedtime is a very six, like serious 7.30, <laughs> and she doesn't get dessert every night. Um. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, back to... Yes. Uh, well, the first thing I'll tell you is that majors don't actually mean anything. The only thing I really learned in college was how to write, which okay. Say what you will. But, um, that was, that was the philosophy major part of it is like, how do you make an argument? And so I could either have gone to become a lawyer, which in hindsight, maybe I should have done. Uh, but you could go be a lawyer or I don't know what. So, you know,
0: yeah. Hey, I was a philosophy major and I just got made fun of all the time. Say, I mean, it's, you learn how to get made fun of.
1: (laughs) I think the thing that's nice about philosophy is it actually like teaches you how to think and think critically about any sort of issue. So For me, for like where we are right now, I think the thing about philosophy and maybe my team hates me for this is like, how do you poke holes in every single argument? You could could be really self-congratulating and think that things are totally great. But um, unless you look at it probably from every possible angle, you really want to, you know, make sure that you're, I don't know, I think you're sort of like healthily self-critical. Yeah. Maybe not yourself. I think I think more about like the line or like, are we really thinking about this? Like, hey, inspiration wise, You guys haven't ever had the pleasure of this, but I would love to do it someday when the COVID situation is not what it is. But I really love something called competitive shopping, which is not just like supermarket sweep. It's actually like going out and I've actually done it with a few people, but you go out and you just go to different stores and you see what's new and what's interesting. And I love being in New York and being able to do that. But I don't necessarily shop and buy anything. I really, this is going to sound super creepy now when I say it. But like, what I do is I really watch other people shop. Again, really creepy. But I see what, (laughs) but I see what people are. I see what people are attracted to. Like, I did this in LA. Um, We went to a bunch of different stores, and I was one of the stores we went to was a toy store because we were shopping for stuff for Ray. And I was watching like what toys people reacted to and trying to decipher if there was a pattern. So one of the things I noticed was like that people were picking up all the different objects of like a certain color, and I was like, okay, well, there's something to this color. Um, Or like just now, if you walk around New York City. Uh, you know, what are people really, really wearing? Is it do people really respond to like the holiday season? Do people want to wear plaid? Like, what what are we seeing, um, and what can you draw kind of a a parallel between? So I think I think the thing about like really planning a business and planning a line and planning what like the fashion thing is is like well. You could be really avant-garde and that's really cool. And you could be Comme de Garcon, but there really is only one of those. And you really have to have a super loyal group of people that are willing to pay like $10 million for one ridiculous, ab- like absurd, but beautifully tailored crazy coat for us. We have to make something. And for me, it's like, I want to see as many people enjoy it as possible, but I also want it to be relevant. So, for us, I try to make sure that our design team and we guide things into things that, um, will speak to people, but still be interruptive. Um, but feel really relevant to like what's happening. Right. So like a yeah. good example, you guys were there and you have the skirts is like, we called it, we called it first. You guys, you guys did time? call it. It was insane. Sure oh my I
0: blew up this year.
1: Oh my God. I mean, like I, this is the same thing with the, the U S open. I'm like, I want to be really careful about what I say, because in January, when we were doing our fortune telling, hello, like we all had tie dye skirts and we were showing the tie dye skirt as like a big trend for 2020. And this was January, 2020. And we had no idea it was to come that tie dye would become like basically the lifeblood of, of the quarantine, the only form of creative expression that we all have. Right. Um, so I'm really careful about, or like ditzy, like Kate Middleton started wearing like a ditzy now ditzy. Let me just be clear because people have written in about our collection called ditzy floral ditzy floral. That's not about like somebody being a ditz and being dumb. Like it's like actually like a term for a print, which is just like a very, very small floral. Somebody wrote in and I, and by the way, we have like emails that go out after you buy something. And there's one that goes out after your first time buyer that says like, Hey, write us back. Tell me what you thought. Like, you know, I read everything. I'm the owner. Like I read everything seriously. I don't sleep and people write back and I actually write them back. So one woman wrote in and said, I can't believe I love your brand, but I can't believe you called something a ditzy floral. And so I had to write her this. I like, I got really upset.
2: I wrote her this full, you This know, is the philosophy major coming in handy, right?
1: Yeah. I was like, listen, I'm really sorry. Like, that's not what we mean. Um, anyway. But yeah, I think I, when we make decisions about the line, we think about what, what works and what doesn't work. And I'll tell you, we really listen. So, it, you know, I also run the customer service at our company. So if somebody like messages us, used to be Lexi, now it's me. But if somebody messages and said like, I love this, I dislike this. Like I really actually, I sit next to the design team. I tell them. So, um we're getting closer and closer to perfection. This is the math major, right? It's like the limit is approaching excellence, <laughs> but it's a like parabolic kind of equation, and we're never going to get to there because it's not possible. Uh, but we're getting closer and closer, so the limit is approaching like infinity.
0: I mean, you know, I don't mean to be too much of a fangirl, but I think it's as close as as close as anybody is, and pretty damn close.
3: Megan, actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your own personal style? How would you describe it? <laughs> yeah. When you're not watching other people shop, how do you, <sighs> what are you attracted to do? Uh,
1: what do I really like? Okay. So this is like, you'll see this later. It's funny because when I was shopping for like a wedding dress, um, my friend was helping me shop it. And like, she's like, you know what? Like we, I kept pulling out styles. that had long arms, like, you know, covered and whatever. And she's like, I think you like the modest section. And I don't, I'm like, I'm not like a show. Like I'm not, I don't put it all out there. Um, but I really like, I like the idea of like, if you see something, then you shouldn't see something else. So like, I love, like, it's funny. Like I have different, like in my fashion, in my wardrobe, like I have a closet. I've got lots of stuff that I never wear, but they become like my white whales. So there was this one particular Celine dress that I saw on the runway. And I could I obviously like, I couldn't afford anything, you know, I'm definitely not Celine. And I chased it for like ten years. It was this long sleeve white shift dress from Celine, just like super plain Phoebe Philo Celine, white to the knee, long arms. And I I did everything I could do to find that dress. <laughs> and after ten years, I found it. I was like, it's mine. You know, it doesn't fit <laughs> me anymore. I I own it. It's in my closet. <laughs> Pre-ray fabulous. Um, but my I guess my personal stuff, me like, uh, I like I like stuff that's really comfortable. I don't want anybody to look at me. Me. <laughs> I want everybody to look at everybody else. <laughs> um, I'm sh- I'm actually pretty shy, shockingly,
3: like personally. So, uh, you know, I don't see that, that's I don't see 100- that.
1: I swear to God, it's a hundred percent true. I'm super duper shy. So, like, I kind of like, um, big boots and like you know, like a skinny jean and like a big like. Camo boot, like I was very much influenced by the 90s style. So that's still my, like what I love. You can tell who's in power in the fashion world by what trend. So, like, for a while, right, the 70s throwback thing was happening. And that's because those people who are like bringing the 70s thing back, that's the part of like their personal history that they have the strongest affinity for. It's like, if me, if I think about even music as a good example, right, like I'm still stuck in 1996. Like, it's still East Coast, West Coast in my head, right? And I've been trying to educate Ray about rap, and it's really complicated and hard to do. (laughs) Especially when she's five. What are you telling her? Yeah. We listen to a lot of big crit, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I know you're not kidding. That's why it's funny. So he just released this holiday gift pack, and it's like the Christmas. It's like holiday, you know, big, big Christmas. Is that what Ray's getting? Yeah, that's what she's getting for Christmas. I'm not kidding. He signed, he signed like a record. She's like obsessed, and she. It's funny because Ray thinks like I don't know what she thinks about me. She's like, mommy, because um, we listen to it every day on the way to school. She goes, mom. Um, I want to go to big crits house. Right. We can't go to big crits house. She's, Where does he live? And I was like, I don't know. Ray. She's he doesn't live in New York. I think he, I think he lives in like, I don't know, somewhere in the South. I, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe like Tennessee, Alabama. And I don't know. Like she's like, well, why don't you know him? I'm like, I don't know everybody. Ray. And she's like, well, you better, you better figure out. And I'm like, shit. how do I, how do I get to big Crit? And so I'm like thinking about my network and my Rolex. I was like, who could I call that could call somebody else that knows big crit? Because I think the one thing that this whole thing has taught me is that like, nobody's farther away than like, I think that it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. This is the thing that like the not shy part of me, right? The six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Everybody knows is a game. Like you can get to Kevin Bacon in six things, but the reality is every person in the world is connected, but it's closer than six. It's actually five people. You can get to anybody in the world with five people. So, my thought is if I can figure out how to get to Big Crit and get Ray an introduction to Big Crit, Mom of the Year. I don't have anything to do you anything think that.
3: Else. I, I think I, now. That could be a it campaign
1: it. that
0: we started this podcast that we need to find. Somebody listening to this using that math has to have a direct line to Big Crit.
1: So I think he's a Def Jam artist. I have a friend who's at Rock Nation. So I'm like, cool. maybe he knows somebody at Def Jam that I can kind of like figure that, out but then like what do i say to big creepy like my five-year-old loves you
0: yes i think that that you might be the first person to say that to him in quite some time so i think that I would try- actually be beneficial to him too i think that he would like that we we tried to slip in his dms but that didn't that didn't work uh, the dms are not as reliable i mean <laughs> i've i've dm'd my fair I share think of keep
2: trying though and I am on his Wikipedia page right now, and it says that as of 2016, he and uh, Def Jam had parted ways. So, oh,
1: so where is Big Crit now?
2: It doesn't say, but I do oh, want I know. to hashtag that, find that Big Crit. Page. Okay, um, so this is
1: like let's find Ray
2: Big Crit <laughs> <laughs> before Christmas, hopefully. Uh,
1: Who else? Yeah, does
3: Happy. Like? What other rappers does she like?
1: Um, I actually, I've been trying to take her through the history of rap a little bit, so I have this, but not but. She, I don't go all the way back. I go kind of towards like my rap. So she's listened to like a bunch of Jay-Z. She listened to a bunch of Biggie. We actually, I have a mix. I have like a child appropriate
3: mix of rap music. Oh, you know, you do Jay-Z. about all the foul language.
1: Um. So she's really, Ray's great. So Cause we'll listen on the way to school and you know, kids, they like repeat stuff. Um, my mom called me one day and she's like, Ray said, damn. And I was like, shit, where'd she get that? <laughs> Shit. She, she actually heard of my, my father. So everything was fine. Cause I try not to curse, but, um, she'll, I'll be like, Oh, like, you know, they say like, you see something on the thing. And she's, I know I'm not, she goes, I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to say that. And I was like, that's right. So I think she knows all the words. And I was like, listen, Ray, I, I kind of explained it to her. I said, listen, um, when people use bad words in a song, it's because they're expressing themselves and that's the words that they're choosing to express themselves. And that's the feelings that they're having to express themselves you're not having those feelings. You're just repeating what they're saying. Therefore, you shouldn't use those words because that's not the correct expression of what you're feeling. Which I thought reasoning work (laughs) with a five year old. Yes, (laughs) my five year old. She totally gets it. I was like, I love you, baby. I love you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Tying not swearing back to like authenticity is actually a super valuable way of parenting. Oh,
1: wow. We're gonna like we're gonna get on the big tangent here, but like even like my parents live in upstate New York or up in um, Poughkeepsie, south of Poughkeepsie, but whatever, that's the closest town that people will understand not how to spell uh p o u g h k e p s i e doesn't make sense. No, you know. Anyway, so we'll drive up the West Side Highway and we'll drive past the Intrepid and I'll go, hey Ray, because you know when you're a parent, you're just like, hey look at this, Ooh. hey Ray, that's the Intrepid. Oh, that was a what is that, mommy? Why is that? ship there oh it was a battleship what's a battleship oh battleship like fights wars well what are wars oh god okay well that fought in world war ii well what was world war ii and i'm like okay well here's what happened in world war ii okay well why did we do i'm like oh jesus and so then it becomes this whole thing where explaining like you know lots of very complicated issues to a a toddler um she really is sounds like she'll get it though she, she does kind of get it. Most recently, I, I don't know how accidentally this happened, but I think I showed her a recreation of the Titanic sinking. And like in this t- recreation of the Titanic sinking, because she, she really loves sea creatures and reefs. And I was like, oh, boat wrecks can cause, like, it can be a happy thing. <laughs> it can be a reef. And so we watched the Titanic sink. I, I don't know. And this one piece of uh, flotsam jetsam, I don't know which is which, flew off the boat. And she's obsessed with like, what was that white thing blowing up? Like, but... Blowing off the ship. I'm like, I don't Ray, I don't know. She's like, we gotta watch it again. It's like, right, I it's a computer simulation. It could literally be
2: anything. I was actually I wondering if you were just make watching the scene in Titanic of when it sunk. Oh, but you're, oh you're, no, you're watching no, the no. simulation that makes more sense.
1: I'm really into um so like business wise, right? I'm like super into historic like things. I really love learning about World War ii Fun fact. Watch a lot of World War II documentaries. Uh, I really love like Greek mythology. I don't know, just I like history.
2: Although Greek mythology, I guess in theory didn't happen, but it's nice to think that maybe it did. Uh, it influenced everything that did happen, though. I was gonna say everything f- flows from that,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right?
1: What I mean, happens. I don't know, or East, Western philosophy, right? So um, that kind of stuff, like, sort of influences a lot of ways, of this, I think. But uh, yeah, I <laughs> we've really lost really lost the plot here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Haley's got anyway. one for you.
2: <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I'll let you fi- finish your thought. No, I thought there's no, no, no. I mean, honestly, it's it still it flows here very nicely because we did want to talk a little bit about Ray and specifically her style, both her fashion style and her management style. And, um, Oh my God. There's a few things that come to mind. One thing for me personally is that coat that she was wearing recently, the the color oh, block yeah. coat. I, I mean, it broke, comes yeah. in adult size. I would love, love to find it. So
1: classic uh, competitive shopping. So I took my daughter competitive shopping on Halloween because Halloween was sort of canceled in New York. So we went and we went around and we went to Stella McCartney because I love Stella McCartney and they have an, am- she has an amazing kids line, not only because like she uses like ingredients, she uses raw materials that are sustainable she doesn't use any fur, so um, we went to Stella McCartney and she tries on this coat. And whenever Ray tries anything on, and I swear to God, I did not teach her how to do this, but she does this kind of like influencer like pose where she'll like tilt to one side and she'll tilt to the other, and she just just naturally does it. I was like, I have not showed you videos. We don't watch Instagram. Where the heck did you learn this? So she's just got that natural thing, um, but her personal style. Kids got kids got it. She's got it. She's got it. She's she's stylish. She gets it. Um, I don't really dress her. I want her to kind of express herself. But she'll put together some things and she'll see the way that colors like I, I buy her the most ridiculous clothing in the world because like you can. So there's this one clothing brand I love called Molo, M-O-L-O. For anybody who's a parent out there, it's really, really great. It's made, I think in the Ukraine, I think it's designed in either Denmark, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, they do super crazy photo reel prints and they do them on what's great for kids is it's like, I think it's 98% cotton, 2% spandex. Really sexy information you're getting here. Anyway, crazy prints, like unbelievable, like bears, weird things everywhere. And she'll pull out like a color of a print that I hadn't thought about and she'll mix it with something that she has that's there. And I'm like, I did not see that, but that looks amazing, Ray, good work. Um, she's got the style, her management style, Ray is, um, it's funny because my experience being pregnant and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I was really sure about who she would be when like, I was pregnant with her. I felt like I could read her mind and I was like, I think she's going to be this way and I hope she's that way, but like, I'm not really sure. And she kind of is. So she's not bossy, but she's really sure of herself. And she's really funny. Kids are super funny. Like the other day, um, she was in the shower and we're we're kind of tr- like, the just, she doesn't want to wash her hair. We're trying to tell her, wash your hair, wash your hair, wash your hair. And like my husband can't get the shampoo on his hand. And we're like, Ray, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. Just get your hair wet. She's crying. She's hysterical. And we're like, Ray, you're wasting time. And she goes, Mike can't get the shampoo on his hand. And, he, and she goes to him, no, you are wasting time. And it was <laughs> I actually have a list in my phone of like the stuff that she says, like, that's just so brilliant. She's got this book and she can't read yet. Cause she's five. And, um, she's got these books and they read to her cause it's the future. And one of the books, she doesn't know the name of it. She goes, mommy, can you give me, uh, the book of flying children? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like flying, flying children. And on the cover that it's Peter Pan. It's just the kids flying.
2: <laughs> oh, my God, so. I was like,
1: that's Peter Pan. Or she's like, can I have lost puppies? And I was like, that's 101 Dalmatians, Ray. Amazing. So anyway.
3: That's comprehension.
1: The, yeah. It's good. So we call her, the, everybody in the office calls her the big boss. She comes in and she sort of motivates everybody. Um, in a normal non-COVID year, she'd come in like once or twice a week and just kind of, you know, get people get people going. Um, in the summer, we were doing team dinner kind of like on a Friday night. And we would go out and have like tacos um, and she was just sort of, you know, there to kind of get everybody's spirits going. Cause everybody really likes hanging out with her. She's pretty, I mean, they could just also be human to me, but she's, she, she's, she's just a funny little creature. And I think like you guys said, like, there's just, you don't get to spend a lot of time around kids and it's great when you can spend time around kids and then you can give them back. <laughs> um, she's a smart cookie. She's definitely a boss. She's definitely very sure of herself. Um, she doesn't take any crap, which is great in some ways as of her parent, uh, it's exactly what we want for her, but currently like trying to fight her to like put her underwear on in the morning, that's really tricky. Hmm. Um, I find it really interesting now, like as a, I guess in a, a, woman, um, you know, now trying to talk to her about her body is really interesting and like, what's normal, what's not normal, how to be okay with yourself, talking about relationships with other people, um, talking about like gender, talking about religion. Like that gets really, really interesting and conversations that I still now, my both my parents are psychologists. I still haven't had conversations with my parents about gender identity, right? Yeah. So um, it's interesting because she's growing up in New York City and she gets to see different things than most kids would be, ever be exposed to. So I'm really grateful for that. And I think she's really aware of that. And I always tell her she grows up in the most interesting city in the world. And I tell her that she's a real New Yorker and I'm not. So, cause she was born here and I'm not. Uh, And she really, she really takes that to heart. So I don't know. I'm really excited. I'm excited to, to
0: see what she becomes, you know, and just like, like what you were saying about, you know, raising kids in the 21st century, it is just so different. There are so many things I think to contend with, with internet culture and all of that stuff. And the things that, you know, people end up finding out, Um, and I think it's, you know, has, you know, the opportunity to be a really good thing, you know, because I think people are, the kids now are just way more open-minded and way less shook when they see something that's like really different. So that's it's
1: amazing. I think how fast that that can change. I think that's even for like, to bring it back to golf, like the future of the sport as her generation or like kids a little bit older than her start really, really playing and playing seriously. I think it's just going to be a lot different. Um, she's just, you know, she's accepting of every, I mean, not that you know, all kids really are. But I think until you teach them that there's a difference, then there isn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and just being aware of like who you are and, and your surroundings and, you know, how grateful you should be for what you have. I think that's really, really, really important, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I almost forgot this was a golf podcast for a second. Um, I know, I will be, I more know. on a, on a Somebody less general about my kid and I'm like, On a less general level, I'm so excited to see what they think of golf, because I think that hopefully right now what we're all up to is, you know, creating a golf world that they won't be as like disgusted by. Um, Because I think if we show if we were to show them even, you know, what was there like 10 years ago, I think that they would have a similar reaction to what, you know, the three of us, four of us had, which was like, what the fuck? Like, how is this so far behind, you know, how has this small, you know, industry been able to stay stuck in like literally 1950 for such a long time?
3: I mean, even we were just talking about like the US Open, like the Women's US Open, like we just didn't, we just thought we like didn't really pay attention before, but like, it turns out that like, no, it's, it's this bad. (laughs) Like there's really just so effort no support. support. Like
0: there's been a good deal of hype like these past few days and everything, but like last week there wasn't like it's not like something they don't treat it like the men's US Open or any of the men's majors or even honestly like the Mayakova. You know what I mean? Like last week, you know, you just didn't see as much um, you know, leading up to the event. And it's it's great to do it the week before. But I think that like, you know, we always lament too that none of the big brands release like special capsule collections for any of the women's majors. Whereas you see every influencer with a new pair of like, you know, custom masters, Nikes, uh, like a few pairs, you know? And it's like, what do we have to do to just get a fucking shoe?
1: (laughs) (laughs) One shoe. Um, Just one. Just one shoe. I know, you know, it's, it's funny. And I was lamenting about this earlier with uh, someone just like how, Different being a woman is now than it was. I mean, I think they said to me, they were like, "Did you know women couldn't have their own bank accounts until 1970?" And I was like, "I got to fact check that." It's true. Um, that's crazy. Isn't that weird? So to think, like I was born in 1982, so that's seven years now. You know how old I am. So that's like seven years later. That's kind of weird. And like in the world I came up with, that was a new thing. Like a career woman was like a show. Like, oh my god, she's a career woman. What is that? Um. I think it's weird that we still have that discrepancy between women's and men's games. I understand the argument about advertising dollars. I totally get it. Right. Cause these are businesses in the PGA tours business. The thing that I don't understand is that you have something like, and I love it. Right. And I love Augusta Ray Ray is named after Ray's Creek at Augusta. I love golf so much enough to name my kid after something to do with golf. Literally the thing I love more than anything else, her, not the golf, maybe both. Anyway, Um, but like to have something like drive chip and putt and to have something like the, the first tee, which is amazing, those organizations and to have half of the population that comes through that feel like they get abandoned at adulthood and the other half be able to have a path to success is crazy something there's something just like everybody's got to take a step back and like understand what that is and i've and i've actually said this like if you think about you know the lpga and the pga tour you know they're totally two different organizations but i go back to like my operational background which is you look at some of the uh, most successful successful events and you the ones that are really successful is when you have the men's and the women's tournaments right back to back at the same location after each other near each other right not only like okay, operationally, does that really make sense? Because you're not having to set up and break down stands and you have one set of like crew that you're dealing with and you set up the course, yeah, probably a little different, differently, right? But you can kind of fake that because if they can move the tees at my golf course, they can surely move the tees at theirs. Like there's gotta be a way to capitalize on the success of one to support the other and so, like, for my players in LPGA Tour to be suffering and working as hard as they're working, I mean, like, I've never seen anybody work so hard for so little recognition. It's ridiculous and, un- and kind of unacceptable. And if I had more money to give them, I actually would. I literally don't. But, like, there's got to be a solution where those two organizations partner for success. Because if they can't see the opportunity in the scale of what they're doing, like, Think about how amazing, um, I don't know if you guys have been there, but like the waste management and what a crazy show that is. Let me be clear. That event is not about golf at all. That, play, that, is, that is about getting wasted, management, and being in the stands and doing crazy stuff. Like that's what it is. Why are you not capitalizing on those? that bill, that stand, that hype, something like that? Create, create an arena.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Um, just like from like a business perspective, like you have a product that is, that is good. Right. And if you believe that your product is good, it's up to you to figure out how to sell it to people. Like don't say no one's buying this. No one's watching it. Like make them watch it and make them buy it. These blanket statements that are just so frustrating. And like, you you shouldn't have to beg.
3: Play,
1: play them concurrently, like get creative. Like I think as soon as you start like breaking down, like, okay, what if this wasn't a thing? What if the women played? Like, I understand that like the, there's a lot of money that the PGA tour from my understanding makes, you know, in the pro-ams and the days leading up to the event, that's like very successful. There's gotta be a way to preserve that and also support the women's game. You know what I mean? Like there just, there has to be a way. Um, I I I don't
3: know. Okay. Okay, This is perfect. So we wanted to introduce, um, a segment called the queen of clubs, which is, um, (laughs) new by the queen of clubs, uh, line for a line where you are the queen of all the clubs and all of golf. And so you get, to, you get to make two decisions. What would you change about the game of golf? And what would you change about golf culture?
0: The game of golf can be specifically like something about, you know, too many clubs or like, should the hole be bigger or, you know, various things like, you know, we talk about the six hole model very often. Um, so structural changes to the actual game itself.
1: I'm a big fan of the game of golf when it's played like a game. And so like making the game part of it, like more mandatory for people that are not professionals. Like if you're a professional chess player and you've watched the Queen's gambit, like good for you. I am not, and never will be. I don't know where the rook belongs. So like, I'm here to play and have fun. And I think that part of it is what needs to be preserved and dialed up in the, and the, crazy competition stuff of it like then that's me as an amateur right that would be my queen's decree golf is supposed to be fun yes you know whatever that's the thing it's like do do it because it's fun play it like you're a kid and, and remember it's a game um and i think you know whatever uh what was the other one the other idea is like about the game and about like golf culture yeah golf, golf. culture uh i think people need to realize i think the thing that Golf culture, people need to realize that other people are people, and there should be no judgments. And it's not about what you wear, and it's not about what you look like, and it's not about what you say. It's about like being human, and so letting all that other stuff go, all the superfluous stuff that actually doesn't matter, and just seeing people for people. That's what needs to stay in the golf culture. So like, I could be a, a three-headed Martian, and you'd be like, "Cool, let's go!" Like, you know, how far do you hit it? Like, which tees do you want to play from? Um, that's the stuff that I would, that's, I mean, not to be totally serious about it, but that's the stuff that I would, I would definitely change
2: and, and keep, but
3: we agree. That.
2: We love and that. I decree. We'll accept those. I won't fight it. <laughs> I feel like you should have been wearing the bucket hat while we were I I do have question. it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, the last topic we wanted to talk about, and I know we're we're sort of running up against our own time limits, but. We are just dying to hear everything you have to say about Japan. You've referenced it already a little bit. Um, <laughs> we know it has a fond place yeah. in your heart. It is a place that we are dying to get to. So in I'm addition dying to, to, uh, to getting Big Crit for ready for Christmas, we would like to get the Grutter Golf oh Girls to Japan in 2021 or maybe 22. But uh, yeah, we just love to hear maybe you like, you're just pitch for Japan and, and what you love about it.
1: So just so you know, so like when I was in college, I was a sushi chef. Um, in a sushi cool. like sushi bar in upstate New York. So that like, just, how do you like,
0: argue with us that you're the most interesting person in the world?
1: That's not true. Like, like, I don't
0: know. You have no leg to stand on. You're a sushi chef in college. Like, give me a break.
1: <laughs> it was fine. I mean, whatever. It, it was. I mean, it was. It was. Listen. It was a sushi chef run by a a Jewish couple from Long Island. And so, in normally in that culture, in like sushi culture, sushi chef, chef culture, you can only be male. Um, but obviously like it was actually, I guess I've always done this work for women. Interestingly, I'd never thought about that until just the second, but anyway, so candy, it was candy and Arthur candy from Brooklyn, uh, decided to, to train me and she had two other women that were on the line with her. And so that's like what I did. So that was like the uh, origins of my obsession with Japan. And, and, but I also always loved. Like, as a kid, like, I loved anime and I loved kind of, like, that kind of culture and all of that stuff, like, you know, forever. Um, my daughter's really into Pokemon. That has nothing to do with Japan. I'm just saying she's also really in Pokemon. That's my fault. So, anyway, but the first time I went there, I went there. It was, it was a dream to go there. I went there when I was in business school. Um, and it's the one place I think that I've been in the world that I felt at home but also like a foreigner. It was just because I, you know, I live in New York City and um, kind of nothing surprises me. Like somebody could be on the street and like wearing a purple wig and like, you know, getting I don't know abducted by aliens. And I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Thursday in Japan, I actually felt like there's something new to see because their point of reference for me was something different than what I was used to. I am personally eternally hungry and all I want to do is learn. I think that's the thing I've learned about myself is that I just want to continue learning. That's the stuff that drives me. I'm curious. I'm curious to a fault. Maybe it's because I'm a Gemini. You all can tell me that that's the stuff that I really love. So I just love exploring and um, Japanese in Japanese culture. Like there's a food culture part of it that is really beautiful. Um, there's a really great show. It's on Netflix. If you want to watch it called Tokyo diner, um, it's very, it's a, Write that down. It's about this guy who runs a diner in Tokyo and it's only open from midnight until like 5 a.m. Great show. Wow. But exactly the the culture of, of eating in Japan because some of the best food you've ever had in your whole life, the attention to detail. If you've ever watched like a movie like Jiro Dreams of Sushi, right? Um, also a Netflix show. They don't sponsor us. That would be really nice. Um, but like the time and attention that's given to certain things. And I have that certain also obsessive compulsion about different things. And then there's just this sort of like, when you walk around Tokyo or Kyoto or Osaka and like the street style of like people are just inherently stylish. There is this effortless, cool thing that they have. And the one thing I've ever, my entire life wanted to be is elegant and cool. And I am neither. So you asked about my personal style earlier. I have none, but like, to, I, but I see it in other people and all I want is to like emulate that. I wish I had that kind of like effortless cool. So, um, for me, it's just, I don't know. There's, it's, it's also one of the most beautiful places you've ever been. I don't know. I, I don't need to convince you. Like the only thing I've ever wanted to do my entire life and I'm about to turn 40 in like a little while, uh, I want to go to Hokkaido cause I'm a big skier and I want to ski in Hokkaido. Cause they have really oh special. That's the only thing I've ever wanted to do my entire life. That's bucket list. Like that's it before my knees explode. That's what I have to do. So for the Japow. that's my dream. Yeah, exactly. They have amazing, amazing, amazing powder, like amazing powder. So,
0: so early in um, the, early in the lockdown, I had a very vivid dream where I was in Japan skiing powder and I kept saying Japan and I woke up I think I texted you guys and I was like, guys, we got to get to Japan.
1: I don't know if like I, I've every time I've gone there, I feel like it's home, even though I don't I belong there. And and I'm like, I just want to learn more and more and more. And there's so much for me to learn there because it's just so different. I've been actually studying Japanese on uh, Duolingo for 500 and something days. It's not very good, but I can you do thing for us. Ego ga means I speak English.
3: So that, wow. uh, that sounded good. Yeah,
1: from three people who don't speak Japanese at all. That Sounds pretty
3: good. <laughs> pretty
1: good. Doing great. I buy it. Good evening. uh So, but anyway, yeah. I'm like, how many days? I'll check. It has been 565 days straight that I've been studying Japanese. Wow, that's full immersion in my book. That's it's full immersion. I kind of I'm <laughs> mailing it in a little bit. I can really read it. I can read it. Um, and, well, and that's actually, good. You can navigate them. Yeah, then. yeah. And and the other thing is Ray, uh, genius child of mine, her school is half English, half Mandarin. And so one of the things that I was trying to do is because she was really shy to speak Mandarin and I've always wanted to learn Japanese. But one of the things that she she was nervous to speak Mandarin in front of us. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to try to speak Japanese. Like, what's that word in Mandarin? What, this is what the world is in Japanese. And she felt okay talking to me if I didn't know something and she didn't know something, but she didn't want to feel like she didn't know. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, wow. so uh, you, you guys need to go. The golf courses there are unbelievable. Um, some of the people that we've met are incredible. Uh, we're really lucky to partner with a whole bunch of different people over there. Like our, our, our guy there, she is the man. We went to the, one of the best like bars in the entire world. This guy, <laughs> this is not interesting.
2: I'll stop talking about this. And you can edit this out.
1: They ha- they won the world's best gin and tonic. And I don't like gin. Okay, that's
2: interesting to me. So fascinating.
1: Yeah. The, I don't like gin. The best world's best gin and tonic. This guy, the bartender, it, has focused on being a bartender his entire life and is the world's best bartender and makes this gin and tonic with the most love. And so much so that the guy worked with the distillery in japan to create the specific like gin just for the special gin and tonic and the ice cubes are carved specifically for this gin and tonic to melt in a certain way to enhance the flavor of the gin it's the best gin and tonic you've ever had i could drink all of them um it's a bar it's bar anthem it's in ginza in tokyo you would never know it's there it's on like the second or third story over like nothing in japan in That's Tokyo.
2: what I love about yeah. Tokyo is, is the, the layers of all of the, the bars and restaurants and the fact that everything's on other. You don't know where anything is and you would never know exactly. that a, an amazing ramen place or restaurant you know, is on the third floor of what just looks like an office building.
1: Exactly. Like My team and I, we couldn't sleep one night. We were in Tokyo and it was like right when we got there and we were like, it's 4 a.m. Are you up? Yeah, you up? Yeah, you up. Okay. We just went out for ramen at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. It was popping. People were out and we're like, it's a, it's a Wednesday. And it's like, people are like, yeah, let's go. And we went to this ramen place that was like packed. And it was like some of the best food that we had. And I'm like, I don't know how these guys are going to go work tomorrow, today.
3: Well, they do. Um, wait, I have one other question about Japan too, because Jen reminded us the other day that you were telling us this story about the golf there. How like the golf is like- Did a whole you tell me this? entire day experience. No, I remember this too. Yes. Like where you like, change your clothes multiple times and like lunch in the middle you stop yeah
0: run lunch. us run us through a day of golf in japan since it is oh, a golf let me, podcast
1: let me be clear because i haven't done it i haven't been so but you, you know, know about, about it, it though you know about it I, I do you get there there's a breakfast you go out first of all you have somebody that drives your cart for you you don't have to drive your cart Maybe You get so there, like, time. Is it like early you could it, you, it's like normal tea time things like you, you get tea times but somebody drives your cart and it's the longest golf cart you've ever seen it's like the limousine golf cart okay it's beautiful it's it's huge as they say you go out you play your caddy is your driver you come back there's a whole onsen bath you can do like a shower there's a whole meal then you go back out and you come back after you play the back nine and you get the whole thing over again it's like a thing wow the the thing that i really want to do in japan is night golf because they have some amazing, amazing night golf courses. The um, yeah, anti-country club kids are always, or guys, or I don't, are they kids? Or are they guys? Who are yeah, they? Guys. Oh, you know them? Yeah, I, I do know them. They're amazing. Those are actually, it's funny because every time I go to play golf somewhere, people ask me like, are you wearing 4A? And I'm like, actually, this is from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I'm usually, I usually like most days of the week, I wear like an anti-country club or like a, um, a, a, clubhouse golf supply, like shirt or beams golf shirt. Cause they're just the coolest,
4: the coolest stuff. Yeah.
1: But yeah, no, those guys are amazing. Amazing. That's what I mean. It's like, it's just, and listen, not everybody in Japan's cool. I'm being a little ridiculous. There are definitely some nerds there just like there's nerds here in America. I'm one of them. But when I go there, I have these beautiful, like, uh, like starry eyes that I think everything's amazing and cool because for me, um, I'm just curious. I just want to like. I want to take it all in, and I always know that my time in Japan is so limited that I have to like take it in all at once. So everything's magic. Um, I also studied Japanese art in, co- in college. So that that's of one course you to. did. Of course I did. <laughs> <That's> another honest <laughs> un- fact
2: did. about you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So not interesting at all. Um, all right. Well, we could continue to talk to you all night, but we know that you I'm sorry um, have a lot of work to do, and we're gonna let you get to it. Don't but- remind me before you go, we have to ask you the questions that we ask every guest. Um, And we'll start with your favorite golf club in the bag.
1: Okay, not to be gauche. It's actually my driver. I know that's gauche. And it's like, people are never be gauche. Yeah, Yeah, no, you're like, Oh, you're like a driving range person. I'm super confident with my driver. And in fact, like it has come to a point where like, I play a different cor- like a course and it'll be backed up and there'll be a bunch of dudes on the T8 and I'll be there with like another guy. And they're like, Oh, do you want to go to the forward tea? And I was like, no, I'll hit from here. And I'll just bomb it because like, I do my best. I think when I'm under that kind of pressure and I just, all the guys are like, Whoa. So that's kind of why I like, it it's like my, my, I, I put my D on the T. Drive for show. Say, exactly. Like come at me. Actually, I think okay. Megan Kang said that
0: too. Um, okay. Your favorite nightclub or bar or restaurant.
1: Oh, sh- Well, bar anthem in Tokyo. No, okay, anthem. perfect. Oh my god, with the perfect GNT? sure. Bar, bar I love that. You. I also just feel there. like
0: I feel like you feel kind of kindred with the bartender who makes the perfect GNT too. Is that true? Is
1: that fair to say? I've I the search for perfection. Him. Yeah, I tried to hug him, and he did not. He did not take that kindly. I don't think he would have wanted that, but whatever. A few gin and tonics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that were that good. I mean, he it would be
1: surprising if you didn't get that more they're, often. They're le- they're legendary.
0: And I'm very excited to hear this. Your dream for some living or dead, celebrity or non-celebrity, golfer or non-golfer.
1: <sighs> okay. So I really, really thought about this and I thought about how I was going to respond to this. So here is here is the dream.
0: You're the first I'm, best to I'm, ever I, be prepared.
1: <laughs> I was really prepared because I I listened to Hallie's podcast and I was like, I actually need an answer for this. Okay, so first, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, F1 driver. I love Formula One. He is, yes, uh, amazing performer, amazing athlete, incredibly polished, worked really hard, overcame a bunch of adversity. I love Lewis Hamilton. Okay, so first. Wow. Second, uh, this is like a little bit, (laughs) this is a little left field, Helen Mirren. (laughs) Love it. Totally different. Also British, so they have something to talk about. That's great. Helen Mirren, uh, ama- She she's the she's the Meryl Streep of England. Okay, amazingly talented, gorgeous forever, gorgeous, incredible effortless style, super fucking down chick, really cool. Yeah, the dame, isn't she? She's a dame. No, Dan- do- I think that's Judy. No, Dan- no, oh. no, no there is a there's a documentary on Netflix or prime. And it's all the dames hanging out together. It's Judy Dench, Helen Mirren, two other broads, Maggie Smith. Oh, Maggie what is it? What Smith, is a dame? Um, the, you're part of the OBE or the, or the or like the British order. You're like a knight. Is, that, is it royalty? Is that the lowest form of royalty though? It's an honor. The queen, title. The, yeah. The queen knights you, but it's mm-hmm. a lady knight. Hmm.
0: You're, you're a sir or you're, you're a not knight. a Duke or a Duchess. That's like second. That's like there. You got Prince, you got Duke. Duke or and Duchess. Is it, it, you
1: get land. I think this is not. This is
2: not a land title. I think this is just like a, it's a sir. It's, it's, it's
0: the it's the it's the equivalent of a sir, right? Yeah, so it's it's a sir John James yes. Dutch Yeah, King Helen Mirren. Okay.
2: Um, so so Lewis
1: Hamilton, Helen Mirren, Missy Elliott. Because <gasps> oh,
3: oh my god.
1: So so Missy Elliott. She's going to have great music. She's constantly searching to improve herself. She went back to get grad school for music. Incredible. Really? She's got a, yeah, she's got Yeah. She got a master's degree in, in music. You guys don't know that. All right. No so we do. No we I feel like she'll bring the tunes. She's relentlessly like searching for self-improvement just like Lewis and, you know, and our Dame Helen Mirren. And I think like, it'll be a totally down re- and I'm the fourth obviously, but I don't, I don't think we need anybody else. I, love I don't know what I'm doing there. Cause that's an amazing group, but I think that would be a really good round. um, yeah, so I actually thought about it. Thank you so much. And I thought how they would all interact, and I actually think that's kind of ideal because I think Helen Ford will be about. into the music, Lewis will be into the music, Misty will be cool, and nobody's going to care of too much of a you
2: know crap about how they play.
0: So. Was Lewis Hamilton the one from Ford v Ferrari?
2: No, no Lewis no. Hamilton. No, is that's all I know, I know about racing. I think just to bring Netflix back into the loop, I think he has like a Netflix special, because I, I feel like I saw something about him within the last year or two.
1: So Lewis Hamilton, he is the number one Formula One racing driver in he's the like world. He's the
2: most famous one
1: there is. He just surpassed Michael Schumacher for the most wins in Formula One history. He's a, uh, was, he's a Mercedes uh, race car driver. And he's been, I think he's got 92 wins under his belt. But he just got COVID. So he took mm-hmm. the last week off. Yeah, he took the last week off. He is, he is now he's one bulldog. He had two bulldogs. Uh, Thank you. Like a really nice British guy, he grew up racing like electric cars as a kid, like he, you know, like race cars, like RC cars. And then he started driving go karts. And he was always smaller than all the other kids. And then just worked really, really hard and just became like literally the best race car driver in the world. So I think about my daughter, who's like very, very small. And I'm like, I kind of want her to be a race car driver. Um, <laughs> I think she could. And I, really you know good. what, Megan? I think that she could. I think so. I think she'd be really good. Among other things. I, I, I told her I'd buy her a go kart, but she's really going to behave.
2: <laughs> she's really, really going to behave. Uh, and so with that. <laughs> so, thank you so
0: very much for coming on. We very much appreciate it. This was a really fascinating conversation. I hope that all our listeners really enjoy it because I sure did. So, you better. Um, I'm sorry we
1: didn't talk about that much golf.
2: Yeah, we did. We did though. We, it, all, we it all it all comes in. back to golf. Yeah, it all comes back to golf. And this is a golf and lifestyle podcast, anyway. Yeah, it's golf and lifestyle. So
0: lifestyle gives us as much free reign as we want to talk about literally whatever we want. We've been very clear that it's golf and
1: lifestyle, and plus oh this God. is
0: similar to what you'd talk about on the golf course. So so yeah. there.
1: Yeah, exactly. It works out. Um,
0: this
1: is just like this is just like a round for us.
0: Exactly. Do you have any parting words for the listeners? Um. Oh, by 4A, I'll say it, because you should.
1: Okay, by 4A? Uh, sure. No, by... Uh, do, I don't know. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't,
0: <laughs> what I- you don't need any party words. All right. All right, homies. Until um, next time, hang loose, swing easy, and we'll see you later.
4: That was them, this is now, this was so, let them know, here I go, Reservoir, the one, I go, where's the that was them, this is me, this is king, you ain't know, here I go, Crit Hill, sound like this my mind. You. Yeah. Type of car, we don't steal Backseat driver for real Drop me off at the top that people, we no lie Play for the team that I own Ain't no taking my spot Franchise, franchise, we Take a lifetime to spin it Hit that bank, to the visit Raise a hand if you wheel it Drive the top on the roads Had a whole in the ghost Bible service for family I'm proposing a toast Made it out the hood like, yeah Who would've thought we would get yeah. Out of the project like, this don't get lost in my cream. wait till the J a queen oh you thought that was it i'm gonna
1: be uh do you want to see do you want to see uh, the print from fall 2020 we do want to see
3: that okay. i would love to yes i'll stop recording is that
1: a hot mess did i make a hot mess? no that was oh, not exactly i guess here go put them up put
3: them up here
4: go put them up that was them This is now This was so Let em know Yeah, go Reservant Reservant Here I go Reservant Reservant That was them This is me This is King You ain't know Yeah, I go Gone 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 I'm gone 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 I'm gone Crit here bone with it Thin body No limit Break. Yes. yes,
3: oh, perfect. Okay. That's,
0: awesome. that's that's great news. I was actually just about to crack a beer, <laughs>
2: I've got yeah. I literally just did, I have it. a cocktail huh. coming.